Welcome to Perfect Imperfections, a safe space for healing. The podcast that embraces our unique journey of healing and growth. I'm Evita van Ele, your host and a fellow traveler on this path of self-discovery. Each episode, I will share my personal experiences, insights and lessons learned, as well as explore various topics related to healing, mental health and self-acceptance. In a world that often focuses on perfection and appearance, we tend to forget that everyone has their own struggles and imperfections. This podcast aims to create a safe and non-judgmental space where we can openly discuss the challenges we face and find solace in the knowledge that we are not alone. Through my own story, I will dive deep into topics such as burnout, depression, anxiety, and the impacts of societal expectations. I will also explore techniques, tools, and resources that have helped me in my healing journey. Remember, healing is not linear, and we all have our own unique paths. By sharing our vulnerabilities and celebrating our imperfections, we can foster a sense of understanding, empathy, and connection. So join me on this transformative journey as we uncover the power of embracing our perfect imperfections. Let's create a safe space for healing, one episode at a time. Welcome back to the third episode of Perfect Imperfections, a safe space for healing. During today's episode, I want to talk about something um, that triggered me in a conversation that I've had yesterday with a friend of mine. And um, I was talking to this friend because we are both light channelers and we did an education on that this year. And I specifically used the word education. I'll explain later why. Um, But we were having a lovely chat uh, about our upcoming test exam moment to close the course, the light channeler education that we did this year. And she was talking to me about how stressed she was for that. And I asked her why. And as it turned out that um, for the word specifically test slash exam, she holds a lot of fear still in her system. And that's basically the fear of failure, which is a fear I'm very familiar with. Because it has helped me in his grip in its grips for years. For years. And I was very pleased to notice that during that conversation, for my upcoming light channeler exam test moment, I do not feel any fear of failure. Which shows how much progress I personally made. But at the same time, I felt I felt sorry for my friend who is so stressed out and feels this extreme fear of failure for that exact moment. Um, So when I lay in bed last night, um, I was thinking a bit more about it because that's what my brain does. Um, And today when I sat down, I made a list to see how often my own personal fear of failure, and especially for test moments, how I handled that, what it did 
to me or for me. And it's actually quite interesting to see. Um, So that's what I want to talk to you about today, because I can imagine that there are a lot of people that feel a fear of failure when it comes to test moments. And especially when we are in school or any type of school, education, course, workshop, it's usually um, closed, ended with a test moment where you either get a diploma or um, you get some type of validation that you've made it, that you've succeeded, that you've done it. Um, And that's, for me, immediately um, where I feel triggered or I felt triggered in the past. Because as you will see, in the past, when I had those type of moments, I... I... um, For me, it felt like if I succeeded at those moments, then I did well. Then it meant that I was capable. It, I let it define me. And um, through my experiences, I've learned that those moments and what other people say about me or think about me or conclude about me, they do not define me. They do not make me who I am. I decide who I am. Um, but like I said, I'll, I'll take you through my personal story. Uh, some of it I've already shared in the last episode. Because high school, high school was a lovely time for me. Where uh, one of the years I, I walked around with a locked jaw for a whole year due to stress and my stress was mostly triggered during uh, my exam weeks that we had every 10 weeks every quarter every block would be closed with exams and tests to see how well you um, how well you did in a certain subject and like I said for me that stress was so high because For me, getting a good grade, basically getting a number, because here in the Netherlands you get a number 1 to 10, and in some subjects you get them then behind the point 1 to 10 as well. Um, 1 being the lowest score you could possibly get, 10 being the highest score. So if you got a 10, you excelled at that subject. Um in my high school period, those scores, those tests, I really let them define me, who I was. Because that's how all your subjects were graded. And if you were failing, you were, you were having a number below five. If you were just passing, you had a number uh, between, I think it was 5.5 and... 6.57 if you were doing well you had a 7 or an 8 and if you were excelling you had a 9 or a 10 and that was how everything was graded because that's how our school system is set up 
And don't get me wrong, I know there has to be some system in place. And that's all good. I'm not discussing that here because I'm fine with that. But what it did for me or what I, what I did to myself, basically, I let it define me. Um, so I always stressed out when I had those weeks. So my, not only my mental, but also my physical health was subjugated to what kind of grade I got for a, for a subject. Um, which now in hindsight, I was marveling at this in bed last night. Now in hindsight, it's just crazy to me. Um, because like I said, I, I walked around with a locked jaw for a year, which was really painful. And not only that, every test week, the week after I would be sick with flu-like symptoms. Um, and that for six years, that's, that. in hindsight, that's not really healthy, is it? And then I went on to university. Um, so I did four more years of school where everything was based on grades, on numbers, on how well you did. And, oh man, this is, yeah, you're, it's, it's, it's sad and funny at the same time. Um, so not only did I um, had my bachelor in four years instead of the nominal three years, so I already took me a year longer, I also had to retake 50% of all my tests slash exams that I did in that four-year period. And that was not because I was so fond of taking tests. No, not at all. It's a result of me being so scared to fail, to not pass or to not get a good grade, that I would doubt myself so badly and I would stress out myself so much where during the test I was physically at a point that I not often wasn't really able to function. So I would have blackouts, red spots all, yeah, all over basically. Um, and also again, during university, where we luckily had only once, uh, we, it worked in semester, so you had two test moments uh, in a year instead of four. Oh, I would be sick the week after. Terribly sick the week after. Um, so yeah, that was fun. Not. Um, but during those years, and remember, I did six years of high school, four years of university. So that's 10 years in total already where my life and my value and my self-esteem were all dependent on a grade or grades that I got in subjects that not always held my attention or my interests. But I still let it define me and, and who I was and how well I was doing. And then 
here comes here comes the the, the fun the, the really fun part. After university, um, and I studied history, I decided that I wanted to do more with my creative side. Because during high school, we had a wide range and diversity of subjects that we could take. And one of them for me was drawing. I've always loved drawing, painting. Um, but not only that, also being more creative with clay, with fabric, basically everything. Because my mom is an amazing artist. And yes, I call her, her an artist because she doesn't call herself that. She, when she was younger, had the opportunity to go to art school due to economic reasons um, and family pressure. She didn't go. Um, and she went into a more administrative uh, business because that would pay the bills. Like I said, she couldn't go to art school due to economic reasons. Which in that time frame um, makes a lot of sense. But my mom is wildly creative. Wildly creative. And don't get me wrong, we have very opposite styles and tastes in art and creativity. But that doesn't take away that she is very creative. And she has a very unique style when it comes to painting. And she is an artist, but she cannot talk about herself in that way because, like she said, she didn't go to art school and what she does and her style comes so naturally to her that for her it's like, yeah, but that's what you do. And I've often already had this conversation with her as in, but mom, what you do comes naturally to you. Um, it's an integral part of who you are because you express yourself in this way. It's not normal for everyone. And even if it was, it still makes you an artist. It still makes it an extraordinary skill. Then she just, when I say that, she just laughs it away. And she also never wants to sell any of her paintings um, because that stresses her out. That makes it too real for her and um, that triggers her feel, fear of failure because in her mind, someone who sells painting, someone who's an artist, um, apparently has a certain status um, and also apparently is someone else than her. Um so, but this was a little sidestep, but still on point. Um, but after university, after 10 years of books for me, I wanted to do something with my creative side. And here in the Netherlands, we have a couple of art schools. And I chose one where I could do a preliminary year, which meant that I could work because trust me, after 10 years of school, you need to make money. So I was working full time and I was also for a year doing this preliminary year of art school where I would go to that school every Saturday for a year. And it was that year was um, based on four quarters and every quarter we would have a different style, subject, whatnot. 
And it started off with drawing and painting. And I was loving it. I really, I was loving it. I was slowly getting out of my shell because if you know, if you've listened to the last episode, my my years in school, my 10 years in school, also resulted in three burnouts. So when I started art school, I was still recovering from studying and being so stressed out and basically having a burned out, even though I didn't mention it or didn't name it like that, then it was still the case. So for me, going to art school, um, it really helps me to tap into a side of me that I'd ignored for years. And I loved it. Up until lesson number, I think it was number four, maybe five, where I got into an altercation with our teacher for that block, for that quarter. We had gotten an assignment and um, we were just painting away in class. And she came over to my station and she very loudly told me, not asked me, but told me, if I could please stop making kids' drawings. Yeah, she literally told me to stop making kids' drawings. Well, I can, I, you, you can still hear me stuttering a bit and falling silent. Um, that hurt. That hurt. And like I said, take into account that I was recovering from a burnout. I had very low self-esteem, very low self-esteem, was highly insecure about what I was doing, who I was, how to express myself. And here comes a teacher, which from my other years of school, a teacher is an authority and... You need to listen to those people. They often know better or best. Um, that was my mindset then. I've learned since then, but I'm getting you in my mindset. And here comes this teacher, this artist, who tells me to stop making kids' drawings while I was creating something that came from my heart, which I loved doing in which I felt joy and she killed it instantly. Instantly. In that very moment, I also stopped painting, packed my stuff and I became very silent because I also didn't want to create a scene. Yes, I was a bit more timid back then. But I packed my stuff and I went home and I cried. I cried. After that came anger, though, because how dare she? Um, I made the same assignment, but then completely different. But I made it out of anger, um, which is not the emotion that I want to work from because it has a certain negativity to it. Don't, that, don't get me wrong. The emotion anger has a very valid function. Because it showed me also where my boundaries were. But to me then to do something out of anger 
that's not in the mindset or the vibe that I want to create something in or be in permanently. I, I don't. I want to move past it. In that time, I wasn't able. And out of anger, I made the assignment, the artwork again. But in a complete opposite style of which I prefer working in. And when I came to class a week after, she absolutely loved it. Loved it. It was so much better. Well, that confused me even more. Um, And it also made me... It made me stuck in the emotion of anger. And it killed a part... The joy part of me that I was I was rediscovering that I was feeling for that quarter it was gone because I was constantly making stuff that I could make don't get me wrong I could make it but it wasn't what gave me joy and what it wasn't a true expression of my personal vision and creativity um but Being who I was back then, I did let it dictate her reaction. Uh, I let it dictate me and let it define me as a person. Um, And then we had a quarter where we mostly worked with clay and 3D objects. And, oh, I loved that. That was amazing. I... um, I still mentally wasn't in a in a good place because I was still recovering. But the the woman who was giving this quarter the lessons, um, she let me be me and let me express myself with the the materials we were using just the way I wanted it, which I loved, which I loved. So I really found a bit of joy. Then came the third quarter. Um and we had to work abstractly. Oh, that for me was so hard. We had to work with abstract um, ideas, assignments, and we had to work big, bigger, biggest. Um, all things out of my comfort zone. And for me, that was really hard. So that quarter, I was struggling. I was really struggling. And then the final quarter came and we got assigned a teacher who was a full-time artist and who was completely... um, (laughs) Oh, how how to describe this? Kindly as well. She was completely sold about herself being an artist. But that also gave her a certain air to it. And she quickly, within that first day, already decided who she felt was an artist as well and who wasn't. Well, you can guess in which category I fell. In her mind, I wasn't an artist. Which meant that she just ignored me. She ignored me for that whole quarter which demotivated me massively, massively. Um, so as you can see, it was quite a rocky road, a roller coaster road that I had that year in art school. 
And here comes the kicker. To, to get back to the subject on point here, the fear of failure. Art is something that is so incredibly personal and subjective. And I use the word art because that's what the school is called. But for me, I would prefer to call it an expression of my creativity. Because an expression of my creativity doesn't have to be something. It doesn't have to mean something. It it doesn't have to have a value. Um, It just is. Whereas when people use the word art, and especially in the art school, um, they, they wanted to create artists, but in a way that they viewed art. Well, like I just said, I prefer a different definition. And even though I was highly insecure back then, I already had this opinion. And when I have an opinion, um, A, I'm not afraid to share it. But also, if you want to change my opinion, um, you need to come up with a good, solid argument or an example. Um, it's something that I, I, I love to have a good conversation about. But you, you need to really substantiate your opinion to change my mind. So during article, I had, besides the fact that in the first quarter, I had that altercation and discussion and disagreement with that teacher... Uh, You can imagine that I had similar, when I tried to connect with the final teacher of the last quarter, the artist. Um, Yeah, we were also not of the same opinion. Um, So it it was quite the roller coaster. But still, I, 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 I was looking for their approval. I was still letting them define me as a person and as a creative person because at the end at the end of that that preliminary year in art school we had to uh, do a showcase of all the work that we've made and it would be evaluated by the four teachers and um, at the end of that evaluation you would either pass or you would fail Um. And they used this system because if they, um, if you got a pass, you were automatically approved to um, to the regular courses for the art school. So for the regular education, and you didn't have to go through any select or whatnot, which they usually do in front of that before you are approved for art school or not. So you didn't have to do that process any uh, anymore if you got a pass on this preliminary year, on this evaluation that they had at the end. Um, As I had altercations with three out of four teachers, you can imagine that uh, I didn't get a pass. I got a fail at the end of my preliminary uh, art school year. 
And um, I, that was really hard for me. That was really hard for me because it, it's literally in the word. I failed. I didn't pass. I didn't get a good grade. I failed as an artist, as a creative person. I wasn't good enough. Um, which in my mind then, um, also due to the altercations that I had with some of the teachers, um, it settled in my mind that I just wasn't creative, so that I should just stop with it, that I wasn't good enough. Um, which, of course, now that I look back on it, is ridiculous, is absolutely ridiculous. But that year now in hindsight, taught me so much. Because let's, let's be honest, um, art is subjective. I did not get along with three out of four teachers. I was not graded on my art. I was graded as a person. And I'm a strong-minded person, which they couldn't mold. Which meant I, get a, I got a fail on my artwork. Yeah, that's just... Now I know why it happened. Um, it still isn't fair. But now with who I am and the knowledge of now and the lessons that I had to learn in the years in between, and especially due to my burnouts and the coaching work that I did in the last two and a half years, I'm really grateful for the experience. Really grateful for the experience. Yes, did it take me nine years to openly start showing my creativity again? Yes, it did. Because I waited until 2020 until I started my own business, Evita Victoria Design, where I, um, where I make intuitively chosen crystal jewelry. And I learned how to do macrame for that. And I love doing it. I love doing it. But I also still love painting. I love making murals. I started to do uh, textile paintings. So I take t-shirts and I make all these kinds of images on there. But like I said, it, it took me nine years to start self-expressing me again. Um, to get over the hurdle of the opinions of the teachers during that uh, preliminary art school year. Because I am a creative person. I'm not an artsy person, but I am creative. And why not express it? You cannot do anything wrong with it. It's, it's not a, 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 a failure or a uh, passing thing. It's an ex I see it as an expression of myself and of my feelings and mindset in a specific time and place. Um, but yes, I needed to last two and a half years with the intensive coaching to really get to that conclusion and to really start showcasing myself a bit more. And... Um, it has grown me as a person. I've learned so much. And also connecting to other creative people online 
it learned, I learned so much, so much. And the sad thing is, a lot of the people that I, I talk to and, and speak with, they have similar experiences. So they, they really, they also don't talk about themselves as artists or entrepreneurs. Um, and they often view themselves as not good enough or they compare themselves to others, but yeah, he or she is doing better than me or look at that. I can't do that. Who cares? You be you. You do you. Um, that's all that matters because everyone is unique. And that uniqueness is something that I really learned to value uh, again or maybe even starting to value it when I did the Light Channeler um, education this year. And here's when I um, want to get a little bit linguistic because I use the word education because in Dutch it translates immediately to opleiding and that is to get an education. Um, if you look at how that word is usually used, it's grand, it means something and it's a pass or fail situation where you usually get grades. Because in school, you get an education. If they're doing it right. That's a whole different discussion. Um, if we use the word course, which in Dutch is cursus, or workshop, which is, we use the same word in Dutch, they feel differently. Energetically, they feel different because people use them in a more easy manner. Um, it doesn't often feel like a life or death situation or you fail or you pass when those words are used. So when I've talked about my uh, light channel education online or with friends, I've always called it a course. Because for me, that naturally feels better. That also... Um, for me, that gives me the freedom to not take myself in that situation as seriously or too seriously as I used to do when I was in school. Um, so words matter. And that's where a couple of my fellow Light Chandler students struggle now with because next week we have our exam for them it feels really like a make or break life or that fail or pass moment and that is just not the case because light channeling is well it's not exactly but but for a lack of better reference during this episode, like art, uh, of course, art is something that you can visually see. Light channeling, I'll give a definition here, um, because channeling is the process of accessing uh, intuitive wisdom and etheric intelligence. 
where we act as a vessel or channel for spirit energy and wisdom to come through us. So it's working with energy. It's working with spirit through our natural abilities, psychic gifts that we all have. Um, I've been developing mine more clearly this year. Um, It's a very personal process. I'll probably share in a different episode, share a bit more about it. But it's, it's not something that is very tangible or immediately visible for someone else, for someone outside myself. Um, so, and here's where the comparison to art is, in my opinion, applicable. Art is subjective. Yes, it is visual, so everybody can see it, depending on the art, but... Let's, for argument's sake, say it's something visible that you can see it. Um, Everybody has a different opinion about it. So there's not one thing that is right or wrong. With light channeling, um, when you receive a message for your client and you pass along that message, it all matters how it is received by the client. For me, that's the only thing that matters. That the client gets what they need. Not necessarily what they want, that's my personal opinion, but what they need. So the message that I get through either resonates with them or not. And that can be a difference of opinion and that is absolutely fine. But that is not something... An outsider can define whether or not I'm doing something right or wrong. Especially when you work with energy, there is no right or wrong. Um, So the chat that I had yesterday with my fellow student was to share my thoughts on this. Because I am not nervous for this test or exam. Because I already know who I am, what I want, and where at this moment my capabilities lie. There's no one outside myself who can tell me that or who can define me. I am the one who defines me. For her, that was quite the eye-opener. And for me... To have this knowledge, that year in art school was not my favorite year. But in hindsight, I am extremely grateful that I went through that year. Because now at 35, it does mean that I do not get stressed out anymore or upset or anxious or nervous by any moments that are considered to be a test Because there is no pass or fail. I just am who I am. And someone either likes that, appreciates that, wants to be around me, or not. It's all good. So in my opinion, you cannot fail at life. You can only learn what does and doesn't work for you. Um, What you do and don't want in life. 
and there is absolutely no opinion but your own that matters or that should matter. And yes, I say that should matter because sometimes I forget that myself. Um, Luckily, I have incredible people around me that will remind me of this. Um, And let this be my reminder to you. Only you decide who you are, where your strengths lie, what you want to do, who you want to be. Nobody else can tell you that. Nobody else can validate you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, I really appreciate you tuning in, listening to this. Hopefully um, it does something for you. Let me know. I would really appreciate any feedback. You can either reach out through my socials or my email address. It's all in the description. Um, And let it be a surprise next time what I'm talking about. 